You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich. It is Monday, November 19th. Penn State heading into its final regular season week of the 2018 season. Also Thanksgiving week for everyone out there. And uh, Penn State will play Maryland this Saturday at Beaver Stadium's 3.30 kick against the Terps. Senior day, of course. Uh, Penn State is now 8-3 after beating Rutgers on Saturday in maybe Penn State's boringest game of at least of the last three seasons under James Franklin. One of the one of the tougher ones to, to watch <laughs> of the uh, of recent memory of the Franklin era, I'd say, for Penn State. But they did get a 20-7 to win. So, you know, there were some bright spots, of course. We will break down that victory in today's show on our Monday Rewind. We will have what we saw, what we heard, and what it means for Penn State all coming up here in the three segments of today's show. So we're going to dive right in with what we saw on Saturday. And uh, as I mentioned, it was uh, not a... uh, You weren't on the edge of your seat. Uh, Let's just say that. Penn State played another somewhat uninspiring and underwhelming game on offense. The defense was perfectly fine. Showed up, did its job, kept Rutgers at bay. Um, This was... If if you take all the factors that, that were going into it, it was not a game that... You know, you were going to get that that many fans weren't excited for. For many reasons, it was on the road against a very bad team. Uh, it was a noon kick. It was not a ton on the line late in the season. Penn State already has three losses. Rutgers is one and nine going into this game. Uh, yeah, it it lived up to that billing of uh, unexcitement. It was not a fun football game to watch. There were some positives for Penn State, to, to be sure, and we'll touch on those uh, later in the show, but it was not a good football game. Uh, Penn State was clearly the better team. They were never really in danger of losing this game, despite only ending up winning by two two possessions and basically being within 10 points of Rutgers for most of the first half. Um, but it, it was just... Uh, an unexciting game and frankly unimpressive again on the offensive side. It was the third game in the row where Penn State's offense has underwhelmed. And it's honestly astounding to believe that this was one of the highest scoring offenses this season, like through four games, through a third of this season that is coming to an end, the regular season coming to an end here next week. This was the highest scoring offense in the country. The lowest point total Penn State had in its first four games was 45 points against Appalachian State. The highest they've scored since then is 33, and they're averaging 22 points per game in their last seven games. That's nuts. That It is just such a big turnaround uh, for this team that was the last two years under Joe Moorhead and for the first four games this year, a team that you expected was able to put up points in bunches. 
move the ball with ease and have big, exciting plays and big, exciting wrinkles every week in their offense. But now Penn State just looks lost a lot of times on offense. Saturday was another example of that. Uh, they they scored, I mean, they basically didn't score the whole first half until the last couple of minutes because they got a short field uh, after Rutgers threw a laughably bad interception. And then their only other score of the game came in the second half on a 46-yard drive. So they weren't putting together drives. They weren't getting these big chunk plays against a defense that is not very good. It's a team that is not very good. And Penn State ended the game. They only had 19 first downs compared to 17 for Rutgers. And they only had 322 total yards and 4.2 yards per play, which is not great. That is what you'd expect if they're going against a team like Michigan State or Michigan or some team with a good, strong defense. Uh, Rutgers does not have that. Uh, but Penn State just wasn't able to really put together a good game plan and execute it. Uh, Miles Sanders had 27 carries, but he was held to under 100 yards and only 3.3 yards per carry. And then Trace McSorley threw the ball 37 times, which is nuts. 37 times, uh, and he only completed 17 of them for 183 yards. He just looks, I don't know if it's the knee. I don't know if Trace McSorley is having trouble adjusting because he's there's some new faces out there for Penn State at receiver, but he he just does not look like the same quarterback who two months ago we were saying could be maybe a Heisman candidate. He is, is certainly not that guy anymore. Um, and, and you you wonder at this point, like you imagine Trace McSorley playing on senior day will play the whole game against Maryland, um, but at what point do you wonder like why can't Tommy Stevens come get some meaningful snaps and get some time under his belt that isn't against a second or third team? Um, that would be nice. I think that would be nice for everyone moving forward because at least some young guys on, on Penn State's uh, wide receivers and obviously the tight end with Fryermuth are getting quality time, but they're getting with a quarterback who only has two more games in a Penn State uniform. So, Trace, yeah, just doesn't look like himself, and uh, it was a, uh, it, it was, it, it was a uninspiring offensive performance. Um, it was a game where Penn State should have dominated, and they did dominate on defense. So at least there was that. Penn State was great uh, on the other side of the ball, and uh, they honestly have been really, really good on defense for basically since the first couple games. It kind of went. Penn State's defense has now gotten better and Penn State's offense has gone like for whatever steps Penn State's defense has taken forward, Penn State's offense has taken those leaps backward. And it's which has been odd. Um Rutgers offense is maybe the worst they've played since Kent State. Uh so you know, n- n- but Penn State still they stepped up to the plate there and did what the offense should have done, and this would have been this game would have been over at halftime. Um They held Rutgers to 3.4 yards per game. Rutgers obviously wanted to run the ball because their passing game is basically non-existent. And um, yeah, Penn State knew that. They loaded up the box. They did a great job of of applying pressure when Rutgers did throw. Their two quarterbacks uh, combined to go 5 for 15 with no touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, And then they also tried a trick play where they – 
on a fourth and goal, and it, they Rutgers should have scored. Rutgers should have scored another touchdown. Uh, they drew up a beautiful trick play. Kudos to them. Uh, and they threw it to their wide open quarterback in the end zone. And uh, he was more Tom Brady than Nick Foles, just dropped it and fell. And uh, it was a kind of laughably a classic Rutgers football moment there. And that was like some of the, 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 the plays worth watching in that game <laughs> for a couple Rutgers, just horrible Rutgers errors. Um, but Penn State's defense was fine. It was better than fine. They had four sacks, including Micah Parsons' first college career sack. Uh, Penn State had 11 tackles for loss, 11, which is a ton. Two and a half of those are by Sharif Miller, uh, two each for Robert Windsor and Micah Parsons as well. Um, and, and Penn State, they had two picks and they also, Hey, Penn State's defense recovered a fumble. They also didn't recover a different fumble. They, they forced, but they were able to actually recover a fumble. So they got three turnovers there and they did their job and, and they, they played this game like it should have been a 28, 35, whatever point win. But, uh, that wasn't the case and, uh, Penn State got a win, but not much doing on the offensive end. And now Penn State will, will have a much tougher task next week because Maryland, who ran all over Ohio State and very nearly beat the Buckeyes in overtime, comes to Happy Valley. It might actually be kind of a close game. We'll see. Uh, so Penn State's defense will have a, a bigger challenge there. I bet they can rise to it. We'll see if the offense can, can step up a little bit as well. All right, so that is what we saw on Saturday in Piscataway, New Jersey. We don't have to see it again if you don't want to. <laughs> we can just worry about the Maryland game moving forward. Uh, we will talk a little bit more about the Rutgers game coming up uh, with our What We Heard segment. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Stay with us here on Locked On Knitting Lines. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're a college football fanatic. You don't just want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. That's why I'm telling you, you need to check out Sling TV. For just 30 bucks a month, you get ESPN, Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and more. You can stream the big games on your big screen and all your favorite devices with Sling TV. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, but it's better. There are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. If you want to check out Sling TV, Locked On Nittany Lions listeners can get a special 7-day free trial. Go to sling.com slash locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and sign up for your free seven-day trial today. Sling.com slash locked on and find out why Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. Welcome back to the show. We're continuing to look back at the Rutgers game, Penn State's 20-7 win over the Scarlet Knights on Saturday. Uh, with our What We Heard segment, some of the quotes and uh, things that, that caught my eye post-game, um, I want to use this section mostly to talk about Penn State's passing game because it's just been off in a huge way for basically half the season, even a little bit more. Trace McSorley may be the best quarterback in Penn State history, definitely has all those numbers, became the winningest quarterback in Penn State history on Saturday with this victory. 
Uh, but he his numbers have just been just been bad in the last couple of weeks. Uh, he has thrown for less than 200 yards in four straight games, which is crazy. And he has not thrown for 300 yards this season. And that's something he did 10 times in his first two years as a starter. He's missing throws he normally makes. He looks out of sync with his wideouts. He does have a knee injury that suffered a couple weeks ago in Iowa. You wonder if that's what is causing him to be a little bit off and out of rhythm. Here's what he said. He was asked about that, of course, after the game. This is what he told Audrey Snyder, the athletic. Quote, each year has its own challenges, but I think this past year has been a little bit different where you don't have as much of the experience as we had in the past. In years past, I could kind of lean on some of the guys who had more experience on similar experiences that I did. And now being the most experienced guy there, it's one of those things where guys are leaning on me and I got to make sure I'm staying on track and what we're doing and we're doing what we need to be doing. It's kind of challenging at times, but so far we've been able to keep winning games, end quote. So McSorley is saying it has been basically saying it's tough to get in a rhythm with some of these younger guys because they don't have the same experiences. They're still learning. He's kind of teaching, which he's not saying that's like hindering his statistics, but that's my interpretation of what he's saying here is that he's been off because of all these moving pieces and guys he's not used to playing with. But, I mean, they looked out of sync before that, too. I mean, they looked out of sync when Jawan Johnson was healthy and DeAndre Tompkins was dropping balls and Brandon Polk was dropping balls. And it's it's kind of been a, a, a year-long problem and uh, something that I don't really think anyone expected coming into the season for Penn State. McSorley was a dark horse Heisman candidate. Uh, certainly, most people thought he would be the top quarterback in the Big Ten. And uh, statistics and and just the game film, you look at it, he has not not looked like it this year. He's certainly looked uh, off. Uh, Franklin was also asked about the passing game a- afterward. Here's what he said. I think so. Um, I think so. With the experience that we got at the quarterback position and with some of the young players now that are starting to come on for us, and then hopefully be able to get some of those veteran guys back as well. You know, it'd be, it'd be great to be able to get Jawan back who's close. Um, so yeah, I think I, I think so. Yeah, obviously it's something that's kind of hampered us all season long. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but you know, it's in the early in the season it was drops, and I think we're getting a little bit better in that area. Um, so yeah, I think between you know you know this week and then moving forward, yes, I do. Another thing I do want to say about Franklin, uh, it's post game press conference, he did sit down a little bit to watch the Rutgers. Maryland game uh, on one of the reporters. I think it was like their iPad or their laptop or something. So that was a nice little moment there from Franklin uh, and everyone in the the press room. He talked a little bit about Maryland, but it's another reminder that Penn State is going to have to show up next week uh, against the Terps. It's not going to be it's not going to be this game. Like if they if their offense plays like it did against Rutgers, the defense is going to be really good if they're going to win that game. Um, one other thing, Franklin also had a quote about Fryermuth I want to get to in a minute. Um, and just talking about like some of those younger guys, it is good to see young wide receivers get into the game because it should help Penn State in the long run. Fryermuth has basically become a go-to target for Penn State. He had uh, three catches for 47 yards in those two touchdowns against Rutgers. 
And he now has six touchdowns of the season, the most of any Penn State receiver. And he has 303 yards, which is second most on the team to KJ Hamler, which is nuts. Uh, I mean, Penn State didn't really know who its tight end was coming into the season. Friars, whose name was around, but he's a freshman. They didn't know exactly what they get out of him, but he's turned into a highly reliable tight end. Seems like he's the real deal. Should be a big part of Penn State's offense moving forward, you'd have to imagine. Here's what Franklin said uh, to go PSU Sports about Fryermuth after the game. Yeah, pretty impressive for a true freshman. Uh, you know, we, we thought he had a chance when he got in here. He was big, he was strong, he was smart. But that's a good tight end room, you know. Um, we got a lot of confidence in Dalton and Bowers and Holland. So the fact that he had to come in and earn that uh, is pretty impressive and it's translating to the field. All right, so that will do it for our What We Heard segment. We're stepping out for another quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up with our What We Learned segment this week. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Welcome back to Locked on Nittany Lions. We're going to close out today's show, today's Monday Rewind, with our What It Means segment. This is kind of taking a wider look at what Penn State's most recent result means for the program moving forward. So what does Penn State's 20-7 win over Rutgers in Week 12 of the season mean? It means that Penn State is still looking like it's going to go 9-3. and three and still looking likely, more likely to make a New Year's New Year's Six Bowl game, but neither of those things are guaranteed. So, first of all, to make a New Year's Six Bowl game, if you look at a lot of those bowl projections, which are all over the place on the, the World Wide Web out there, uh, a lot of them have Penn State going to a New, Year, New Year's Six Bowl. I think uh, the Peach Bowl in Atlanta is the most popular pick if you just comb through comb through a handful of those bowl projections. They have Penn State. A lot of those have Penn State playing LSU uh, or an SEC team. One of those games, which would be which would be great for Penn State. It'd be great for Penn State fans. It would be nice to play a high profile opponent in a big game. All that stuff, especially one like the Peach Bowl. That's on. It's not a New Year's Day game, but Penn State would kind of get its own spotlight more so. Um, it would be uh, it would be a way it'd be a good recruiting tool for Penn State. It would give them a, a chance to beat a higher, maybe a top ten team, get a little resume boost, and really put a, a bow on the season if they, if they are to get to that the Fiesta Bowl. Going back there, if any, any Penn State fans had a really enjoyable time out in the desert last year, uh, there is a half decent chance that Penn State can go back. West Virginia got upset by. Oklahoma State the other day, and they have to play Oklahoma this week. So that is why Penn State's moving up in a lot of these things. That's kind of another team that has three losses now that's likely to have four losses that Penn State could jump over and uh, become more attractive picks to some of these bowl committees. So if Penn State goes 9-3, it will probably be either Peach Bowl or Fiesta Bowl, which are both New Year's six games, or the Citrus Bowl, which is not a New Year's Six game, but they could get a matchup with uh, Joe Moorhead, Mississippi State, which would be fun. Uh, 
it would be interesting to see Penn State go back to a New Year's Six game, which is basically the same reward last year's team got. <laughs> and uh, this team in the 2017, it doesn't seem fair for them to, to get the same bowl treatment, but that is a, uh, a possibility for, for this Penn State team. But again, it is not a guarantee because just to get to 9-3, Penn State has to beat Maryland. And I think at the beginning of the season, you looked at this game and said, that's a win. Rutgers and Maryland to close out the season, two wins automatically. Maryland at home, no way. Penn State blew out Maryland last year. They have not really had trouble with the Terps since, uh, well, the first two games they played as Big Ten opponents were actually close. Uh, but that was when Penn State was still recovering from sanctions and all that. Uh, the last two years have not not so much. Uh, Penn State beat them pretty handily back in 2016 and blew them out on the road in College Park last year. But Maryland isn't that bad. I mean, this is a quality Terps team who can has kind of played up to a, a couple opponents, and they beat Texas. They, uh, I don't know if anyone saw, but it, it was a very close, very good game where they took Ohio State to overtime and lost by one point because they went for two in the win, and they should have had it. They had a play drawn up where. They just missed. Uh, they missed a throw, and uh, they were a, a foot, a good throw away from beating Ohio State. And they're not a bad team. They, they've lost a couple games that they probably shouldn't have lost too. But this Maryland team, if the same version shows up that showed up last week against Ohio State, Penn State could be in trouble. They're, they have very talented running game. Um, they can put up a lot of points, and uh, despite having a lot of turmoil and off the field stuff happening in Maryland this year, starting in the summer, it's been, uh, they're a team that is talented and they're playing for something because they are not yet bowl eligible. They come in at five and six. So Pesci has an 86% chance to win uh, per ESPN's FPI, but that's certainly not a guarantee. So there is, and I know it doesn't feel like a ton, but there is some stuff on the line this week for Penn State. A 9-3 record feels and looks a lot better, and it keeps that, no matter where they go bowling, that chance at a 10-win season, which looks really nice and would give Penn State three uh, double-digit win seasons in a row for the first time, and only the first time since the early 80s and just the second time in program history. So even though this season hasn't gone quite to plan, that is still something that's in play. And again, playing in a New Year's Six game, better for recruiting, gives them a chance to get a really marquee opponent and a marquee win. And uh, it's something that that is that is certainly in play, especially if Penn State can take care of business against Maryland. So the Rutgers game, let's, you know, we don't have to really talk about it much more <laughs> going forward. It's in the past. Penn State got its win. It was not ugly, but maybe, just maybe, they can put it together on both sides of the ball for really, that's not something they've done much of this year at the same time. So maybe they get them both clicking in Beaver Stadium for the final time, the final version of this 2018 team in the regular season, and uh, because Penn State has something to play for. All right, that's our Monday Rewind. That's our Monday show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back. We're going to have an abridged uh, schedule this week. Traveling and stuff for the holidays is going to be tricky, but we will have two more shows this week. Planning to drop those on Tuesday and Wednesday. We might go Tuesday, Friday, depending on when some interviews can happen. Uh, but I'll let you know. Uh, we will have um, a look ahead to, to the Maryland game as well. We'll talk to some people who know the Terps really well. Get you ready for that one uh, on this Thanksgiving week here. 
You can find all of our past episodes of Locked on Nittany Lions on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever you get your podcasts, you can find Locked on Nittany Lions. Uh, We really appreciate everyone out there who subscribes to the show. And also, if you listen on iTunes, leave us a rating and review. That is greatly appreciated. So we'll be back to talk more Penn State, probably a little more Penn State, Maryland on Tuesday. I'll see you then.